All right. Well, thank you so much, men of Nehemiah. And uh, just a reminder, service starts at 11 if you want a good seat, all right? So, so thankful for you to be here, and this is a special Sunday. Now, I'm going to look at a text here in just a moment uh, that is found in all four of the Gospels. And what's amazing about that, we know the resurrection is found in all four Gospels. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, it's the core of our belief. And it's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But there's one other story. There's one other occasion in Jesus' life that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's the only other one. Most of the Gospels, they pick out certain things that were important or significant or that they were a part of, say John, uh, in that particular instance, or Matthew. And then, of course, as Mark is recording uh, some of the scriptures that were given to him, as they record these, uh, the other miracles are spread out all over the scriptures. But there's one other, other than the resurrection, that is recorded in all three, or all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, what is that miracle? Does anyone know? Feeding of the 5,000. All right. So it's, you find it, the feeding of the thousands would probably be a more literal way to say it, of the thousands, is found in each of the gospel letters. So there's something about that message that the divine spirit of God, as it was inspired into words, as we call our Bible, specifically the gospels that we're talking about today, that God wanted to make sure that we heard, that we received. And here it is, the feeding of the thousands. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in Mark chapter 6, but if you don't, that's fine. You can see it on the screen. I'm going to use the message version by Eugene Peterson, who, by the way, is a first-rate linguistic scholar. When he wrote the message, when he translated, he was translating it literally for his Sunday school class to put it in today's vernacular so that the people could understand it. And so that's what he was seeking to do. So I want you to hear this story from the message as we look at it together. So in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with the 30th verse, as we talk about upgrading our impact, how do we upgrade the impact that we make for the kingdom of God? This is a great story. The apostles then rendezvoused with Jesus and reported on all that they had done and taught. Jesus said, come off by yourself and let's take a break and get a little rest. So the disciples had been working hard all day. Jesus has been working hard all day. And Jesus said, you know what, let's go to the other side and let's take a little rest. Let's have some downtime. But the Bible says, for they were in constant coming and going And they didn't even have time to eat. Maybe you find yourself in that situation. Maybe you're working so hard, you're taking kids here and there. You're trying to make life happen that sometimes you look up and you haven't even eaten. And in a culture where they only ate twice a day, that's probably a little bit bigger deal than it is for us today. In verse 32, so they got into the boat and they went off to a remote place by themselves. Someone saw them going and the word got around from the surrounding towns People went out on foot, running, and got there ahead of them. Uh, Scholars tell us that it was primarily the peasant population that would follow Jesus in the rural areas uh, of the greater Judea area. And so it appears that that, um, the peasants and the people of the, the poor, basically, is what it was, the poor, which made up the majority of the people at that time. Matter of fact, scholars estimate it was somewhere probably between 85 and 90% of the people would have been classified as poor. So it's the majority of people. And they hear Jesus. 
They know there's something different about Jesus. Jesus speaks in a way that not only can they understand, but that it transforms. This is the Messiah, perhaps, that we've been hearing about, that's been prophesied. Perhaps this is finally him. Maybe he's finally here. And they are so eager to hear that the Bible literally says that when they saw it happening, someone saw the word got around it from the surrounding towns, people went out on foot running and got there ahead of them. They are running to where they believe Jesus is going to be. And when Jesus arrived, he saw the huge crowd. At the sight of them, his heart broke. Like sheep with no shepherd they were. And he went right to work teaching them. And when his disciples thought this had gone on long enough, it was quite late in the day, they interrupted. Disciples say, you know, we've been doing this all day. We're tired. We were about to take a rest and eat. And now these people have shown up. And so Jesus is speaking. And the scripture literally says that they've decided this has gone on long enough. You know, sometimes you maybe feel that way. Maybe your children are talking. Maybe someone's talking. You think, this has gone on long enough. Okay, I love you. This has gone long enough. Some of you feel that way about church sometimes. I know about it, after about an hour, you're going, this has gone on long enough. Well, you're, in, you know, you're in company here. That's what the disciples thought. They thought, this has gone on long enough. I mean, I know Jesus, you're speaking. I know these people want to hear it. Uh, I know they don't get to hear preaching and teaching like this. I know they've been waiting for this all their life. But I mean, come on, look at the time. It's time to go in. So they, they interrupt Jesus. They're going to help Jesus out. And they go, we are a long way out in the country. And it's very late. Jesus, you might not understand this. Pronounce a benediction. Say a blessing. And send these folks out so they can go get some supper. They're hungry. What they're saying, I'm hungry. Let's get them out of here. I've had enough. You ever feel that way? And Jesus said, you do it. Why don't you fix supper for them? Hot shot, you're taking control here. You know what everybody needs. Why don't you do it? Next verse, and they replied, are you serious? You want us to go spend a fortune on food for their supper? What about us? How many loaves of bread do we have? And Jesus said, look, I'm serious. He said, he's quite serious. How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. Now, when I was a kid, I always had this picture of, you know, going and getting these wholesome bread loaves, and, you know, this kid shows up with five plastic bags of bread. thinking that's a lot of bread for a kid. You know what I mean? But the truth of it is, we don't know the exact size, but it's probably something more of this nature. It's probably a piece about this size. And this is what the kid has for the day. His mom sent him out, and he's got two fish. And I actually have some sardines here, but I'm not going to pull those out. But uh, the fish would be something like this, about this size. So they're not big. So probably our modern-day equivalent, if we were going to do it, would be kind of like biscuits and jerky. I know some of you love that. (laughs) It's something that lasts for the day. And they would have... The disciples, as a matter of fact, most men, most Judean men would travel with something like this. It would fold up. It would be a little basket like this, and they would have it on their back. It would be attached, and then when it was time to, if they were going to pick berries or if they were going to eat, they could just eat right here. Sometimes they would have their food in here. But this is somewhat what it would look like of this nature. And so what happens is Jesus says, why don't you go and um, why don't you go and see what you can find? See what we have out there. The Bible says, take inventory. It didn't take long. They came back and they go, we've got five of these, Jesus. Five of these. It's enough for like one man. 
and then two pieces of fish, two pieces of beef jerky. And Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 and 100, and they looked like a patchwork of quilt on the wildflowers spread over the green grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he lifted his face to heaven in prayer, and he blessed it, broke, and gave the bread to the disciples. Now, now notice that. He blessed, he broke, he gave. He blessed, he broke, he gave. We'll do communion again next week. We did it last hour. When we take the bread, it is bread has been blessed and that has been broken, and then it's being given to you. This is a foreshadowing of Christ, of what his whole gospel message would be. The blessed one came, and he was broken on our behalf and given to us because of our sin, because of our hunger and need for a Savior. And as we receive, we are forgiven. Jesus blessed, he broke, he gave. This morning, you're going to see the story of men and women and boys and girls who've been blessed by Jesus Christ, but many of them have been broken. And they are giving you their story. Out of some of them who are living in the very heart of difficulty right now, of tragedy. And you know what I've learned is that if we're only blessed, we don't really have a story for the world. We think everybody wants to hear about the big blessings, and they do. But the average man and woman are going, but that's not me. I don't play professional football. I'm not a billionaire. I don't have, I'm broken. What do I have to offer? And let me tell you, everybody's got a story about being broken. And if you don't have one yet, you'll have one one day. And do you know that when things are broken, when the bread is broken, it goes a lot further. And it was neat with the disciples that, you know what Jesus did? They they all went out and they served out of that basket about this size. And then they would, the Bible says they'd come back to Jesus and they'd go back out. And it continued to fill all their needs. For my Lord supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And then at the end, what happened? There were 12 baskets left over. How many disciples were there? Twelve. The only one that didn't have one was the one who was breaking and giving so that everyone else might have life. This morning as you watch these testimonies, I want to ask you to ask God to speak to you. And you're going to identify with some. Maybe you're here this morning and you think nobody else knows what I'm feeling. I talked to a lady a while ago who was a single lady. She said, you know, I was so lonely having such a difficult time and she goes this is what grabbed me this is what kept me here this is what made me see Christ one of the gentlemen you'll see Matt Jones and Don Jones Um, Don they put their child in preschool here several years back and they started to come and then Don heard the gospel and she accepted Christ here at Rock Point and then she said, pray for my husband. So would you talk to him? So I began to talk to him. We've been having conversations. I, I let him read every apologetics book I possibly could. And we were having great conversations. He goes, I'm close, but I just can't get there. I'm just still not there. And then one day after we had a cardboard testimony just like this, there was a young lady, a young mother, who had just lost her four-year-old child just weeks before. And she stood up with her, her cardboard and said, I lost my child last month. But I'm trusting in God's divine grace, and I know that I'll see her again one day. 
And he goes, that did it. Because I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain, why do you have that hope? Because I would not have that hope if I'd lost my child. I don't know. What I, it would just be over in my, in my philosophy. And she goes, how did she have the power to stand there and say that? And I knew it must be real. And that was the day when I trusted her. He'll, he'll be up here giving his testimony. I was an agnostic. And what was it? This little single mom who lost her little girl. God had blessed, he had broke, and then he gave. What does God want to use in your life today? Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you for these testimonies that will be given in word this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our eyes that we might receive. And Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you, would you draw them by the power of your spirit that they might come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ, that they might receive him. Lord, I pray that your spirit would go out and that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would encourage, that you would strengthen, that you would give hope, that your name might be glorified this morning. And ultimately, Lord, you might be worshiped and praised. Lord, we give you this time. Speak to our hearts. Open our hearts. Break our hearts so that you might be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray all these things according to your riches and glory. Amen.